This is Allie. And this is Sage. And this is us on the This Too Much podcast. Yay! We've Welcome. gotten a lot better at that. We have. I was just going to say, we're so much better at it since I would like to re listen to the first time we did it. That we stumbled. Although episode through. four, I threw you for a loop and I was like, no, Sage definitely starts it. And you <laughs> did it. And I messed up. It's okay. We're getting better at it. We are. So welcome to episode six, guys, which is titled, I didn't write the title down. Career Days. Career Days. Six Career Days. Career Days. Sage and I also, um, we noticed that our analytics spiked a little bit. So we have new listeners. So we'd just like to thank um, all of you that started listening recently and are still listening from episode one, which I feel like, you know, is the, the first pancake as they say. Right. Yes. Honestly, the, these next episodes, they just keep getting better and better. So keep listening. We've got lots of great ideas coming for you. So, and as Thank always, you. shout out to Robin. <laughs> <laughs> Robin, friend of the show, Robin. <laughs> friend of the show, Robin. I probably should have asked if Robin wanted to be named before I just started exploiting her like this. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. She'll be for everybody listening, Robin will be an upcoming guest on the show, hopefully very soon. So pay attention to that and you'll get to maybe meet Robin. Yeah, I get to meet Robin because I've never met her guys. So it's going to be a fun experience for all of us. Friend of the show, Robin. All right. So I've got the Hulu summary here for us. Is it another um, day at the pool? It is not another day at the pool. Um, it is not my favorite summary, so, and I'll tell you why. It says, dilemmas of opportunity and sacrifice play out in the lives of father and son. Kate gets a new job. Kevin goes on an unusual first date. Uh, first of all, I think this summary could have just been filler. Just could have been one word. Yeah. And also that wasn't a date. That was a manipulation manipulation and I have so much to say about it yeah okay not only that but and I guess that I understand how they're talking about Jack is sacrificing his career for Randall's opportunities I get it but I I don't know I didn't think that was like more important than Randall's future self oh, sorry I thought you were gonna say more important than Randall having that mini breakdown <laughs> no no I'm well but yes like those were plot points that weren't even mentioned in the summary whereas yeah Jack, I do feel like those are huge plot like that's a huge plot point of the whole I episode. feel like I feel like that took up most of the like time of the episode yes. and it wasn't even mentioned in the summary <laughs> I agree so with that should we get into the episode I think we should <laughs> I would also I would just like to say um each one of these episodes if you watch them on Hulu has that recap which I try to skip but sometimes I don't press the button in time so I'm forced to watch all of Kevin Pearson's most annoying moments from from the week before which is exactly what this recap was oh no so, that's all I have to say. So we open with Jack 
smashing stuff on a job yes. site. Yes, on top of um, Mandy Moore humming yes. that beautiful little melody that yes. I love. It's so beautiful, the opening song. I also noticed he was drinking Paps Blue Ribbon, which I was under the impression that that was a beer for poor college kids. <laughs> um, I do think this montage where Jack has this like plan, obviously, to like branch out on his own. He's talking to Miguel um, and he's talking about how he has his own project. And we see that whole like montage of him just like figuring out the logistics of what he wants to do. I feel like as an adult who now is out of out of college and like a grown up, I guess, um, it's really depressing because I think when you're younger, you have all these dreams and you think that those dreams are like not attainable, but you think you're dreaming really, really big. And I think sometimes when you get older, the reality of those dreams is really hard because some of them are unattainable. And I think that's really, it's a hard lesson to learn as an adult. And I, so I did feel this in my soul because I'm like, oh my gosh, Jack has all these big dreams. Um, and we later find out it doesn't happen. Yeah. And not to, not to get deep, but I think that something that I've reflected on a lot too, is that in our society, like we are very career driven and like, sometimes it's, it's okay that a job is just a job and like that can be enough like you can have other fulfilling aspects in your life to not have to need your career to be the most fulfilling aspect of your life. I do think that's kind of a generational thing as well um, because I feel like my parents who are part of that boomer generation definitely like gave all to their careers. I think so um, and it wasn't just a job whereas I think like as a millennial um, and like, I'm not saying I'm not a hard worker. Cause I think that's instilled, instilled in you, like as a, like, if your parents are hard workers, you're going to be a hard worker. Um, but as a millennial, I think I have a job to live. I don't live for my job. Like right. I have a job to make money so I can like pay for experiences and, you know, adopt a million cats, things <laughs> like that. So, um, right. I also think it's a generational thing. Yeah, it probably is a little bit. Jack and Rebecca would fall into that generation, so. Yeah. Um, we also see Jack come home from work, and I wrote, oh my God, Kevin's so annoying. <laughs> He's like on top of his dad, like screaming dad repeatedly. I'm just like, <laughs> I cannot handle you. And I think about my mom, who always had this role when she came home, where she would be like, if you want me to say yes to anything, you need to give me 30 minutes of like peace and quiet till you ask, because the answer is going to be no, if you bother me right when I get in the door. Oh my gosh. That's actually kind of funny though. It's hilarious because watching this scene, I was like, oh my God, how do my parents do it? This looks exhausting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but Jack is, you got to keep in mind, Jack is like a 10 dad at this point. He is a 10 dad. After we just... <laughs> guys we're just back and forth back and forth <laughs> we loved him last episode too we did i know um i do think there are like little pieces of this uh the scene like nothing was really going on at the beginning of this episode i wasn't like wow that's fascinating the only thing that we do see where you're like a little light bulb goes off is when rebecca talks about ice cream 
And she's like, I'm not having any if you still want to pick me up. And again, there's those damaging like words and thoughts that we see throughout the show with Kate. I do feel like Kate has a really good arc in this episode for it even being like a filler. I was like, this is important. This is this. I like this. I like that she's helping someone younger than her. And I know we're going to get into that, but I thought that was like a really big takeaway from this episode too. Yeah, I I agree with all of that. And um, I think they even, when Rebecca said something about her weight and the ice cream and everything, like it even, they even cut to Kate's face and everything. And you could just see like, she was like confused, but also like a little sad. Yeah, that's, um, I think, and I think when you're eight, it probably is confusing. Exactly. You know, and I can't imagine like growing up with this really skinny, beautiful mom and her not knowing how, which we kind of see Kate's life mirror that daughter's life of the lady that she works with too. Um, I didn't grow up like that. I grew up in a house where everybody was kind of normal sized. So it's just, yeah, it, it, this is, it was really sad for me. Yeah. And then I think we're at Randall's house. Yeah. And sweet little William. So Tickling cute. the ivories. I know, tickling the ivories. I did look up because he kept mentioning that he played with a bunch of like the most famous jazz musicians. And I feel like um, Ron Cephas Jones is like so cool that he probably did do that. But I looked it up and I couldn't find anything. Well, I also, so this is a weird thing. When I looked that up, another like um, in Google that like autofill um, autocomplete popped up and it was like, is he sick? And I was like, well, he's sick in the show. He couldn't have been sick in real life. Well, that thing was the thing that was true. He had a double lung transplant in 2020. Wow. So he was actually very ill. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. And he comes back in season six. He does. So that would have been after the, oh, wow. I know. And a lung transplant during COVID. I feel like that would be uh, slightly unnerving unnerving I'm sure that's incredibly scary wow uh Randall gets into talking about his job and everything and he asks uh Tess and Annie well you guys like coming to visit me at the office right and Annie's response well I like spinning in your chair I know <laughs> she's so innocent and so cute and then You're I also kidding. felt bad because I I felt like Randall's feelings of inadequacy came like crawling back in and then I think Kevin makes it worse with that comment that's like like he like pretended to be snoring and I was like that's absolutely rude right and we know how much Tess and Annie idolize their uncle Kevin and he's just like making it so much worse for Randall I feel bad and I will say this whole Randall arc does make me laugh a lot. Like the, the whole arc of Randall in this, in this episode, but that part did not make me laugh. I felt very bad for him. So then I think we're in Randall's teacher's office. And I have to say, I found Jack and Rebecca, 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 super annoying in this, in this piece of the episode. Like I was really irritated with both of them. Right. Jack is like, he kind of acts like the parents that like all teachers yeah because the the teacher is like talking about randall and how randall's an outstanding student and jack says while all of my kids are exceptional and while he may feel that way 
I think it's also important to recognize that all of your kids may be exceptional, but in different ways. And the teacher is specifically talking about academically with Randall, whereas the other kids, Kate and Kevin, are just not excelling in the same ways academically. Right. No, I, that's exactly how I feel about it. I also thought Rebecca was annoying when she was like, Jack, stop, stop. And I'm like, you are in like a professional meeting. If you two could get it together, it was just like the most obnoxious scene where I was just like, you're both so annoying right now. Jack way more than her. But I think Jack's problem is he wants all three of his kids. Like he doesn't want anyone to feel like they're without. And I feel like he overcompensates for Randall. Right. Exactly. And I know that also inside, and we find out this out throughout the episode, but inside Jack's also thinking about how, like, if Randall goes to the school, it's going to cost them a lot of money and he's not going to be able to start up his business. So I don't know how much of that was like him projecting that from the very start or how much he truly just wanted Randall to fit in better. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad because Jack's trying to do the right thing, but it's, it's misplaced. Right. And then I think we see Kevin and he's acting terribly, so terribly that the nice director says Kevin has a Google map voice when he gets into this grief part, which is really funny. But I also feel like, I mean, we all know as the audience, why Kevin is acting this way. I think like, I feel like we know there's some grief that's like not sorted out. Right. I think that's something that's really interesting about this show is that we don't, I mean, I guess without spoiling it, we don't know when Jack died at this point. Yeah. However, it's interesting to see how Kate and Kevin particularly are dealing with Jack's death. And I don't know if it's because you know, neither of them are married. They're 36 and they're unmarried. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but neither of them have children at this point. And I don't, I think that it makes me wonder a little bit, like, are they just feeling lonely in their lives? And is that where their grief is coming from? I'm not sure. I also think Randall has this other piece and I don't know if this is a spoiler and if it is, we can just cut it out. But Beth also does not have a dad. I don't think that's a major spoiler. I don't think it's a major spoiler either, but Beth also doesn't have a dad. So there is that kind of camaraderie where they understand each other um, that I think is really special. And also Randall is, like you said, married, has kids, has, you know, is focusing on his biological father and learning to learning about him before he dies. Um, Right. So I think, yeah, Randall has more to concentrate on. I also think Randall's a little bit more grounded than the other two. Yeah. Well, and I don't even think it has anything to do with Randall having things to concentrate on. I just think he has more of a support system. Yeah. Like he had Beth for a lot of his young adult life. So he was able to deal with some of those feelings with her, like you said, because they have this thing that they share. Yeah. So for the record, I think Beth would be lovely, even if she didn't also um lose her dad yeah I agree and then I think we see Kate and the first thing I have written down is that jacket is so ugly (laughs) (laughs) I want to without spoiling I this isn't a spoiler in my opinion but 
I want to bring up the fact that I think that this scene, it immediately made me think of season six. Yeah. Because there's a moment in season six where I think you see a whole like arc development as Kate's like standing in front of the stairs in this episode she's like I don't know if I can do this is it worth it blah 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 and then in season six you see her where she's like determined to walk up like this really steep hill in San Francisco and other people in the episode I won't share who but other people in the episode are kind of doubting her and so I think that that's just a really cool like you see this arc in Kate and how something that was once it seemed impossible to her is now like something that she's determined to conquer. Yeah. I think Kate at the beginning of this episode, I felt like Kate was a doormat. And I think Kate's a doormat a lot of the time. Like she just lets Kevin walk all over and other people. She lets Kevin walk all over her. She lets her bosses walk all over her. She lets Toby at times push her, push her over you know, yeah. and I don't, I don't mean, I love Toby. I think he's a great character, but like, he's very pushy and Kate is a pushover. Yeah. I'm just going to talk about Kate's other scene while we're on the subject. Cause it flashed to Randall and then it went back to Kate, but I feel like we can just talk about all the Kate stuff, but I love when she takes Gemma, which is that girl's name. I couldn't think of it. Thank God I wrote it down. Um, in the car and Gemma's making all those comments about her being the fat one and just all of this stuff and Kate's clearly been driving around for a while looking for whatever her friend's name house is and I love that Kate has had enough and she's like you can walk and it's it was funny and it was just like a powerful moment because Kate's done being a doormat it's like the very first time I think we've ever seen Kate stand up for herself yes I agree. Other than, I guess, other than last episode, her walking out on Toby and his friend. But, yeah, like, this is the first time she's ever truly, I think, like, put her foot down and said, like, I'm not putting up with this anymore. So, um, she also, in her interview, her boss asks why she had to quit her last job. And this yeah. is a you talked about continuity a lot the last episode and this is another like piece that I don't think it's like a major continuity issue however it's never brought up again and I feel like it could have been a whole entire story yeah it's definitely not and I think maybe the guy she's referring to and again not really a spoiler do you remember she worked at a diner for a while and there was a man there that she like was like hooking up with I'm like is this the same man but the storyline is dropped yeah maybe I just feel like it was I don't know there was nothing that really clicked with me on that so I want to like pay attention I know that they mentioned his name in this episode so maybe I should go back and write down his name write down his name I also thought she was super unprofessional in her interview yeah she was very casual and like I understand that it seemed it seemed like it was at this lady's house so it yeah. was probably not like the most professional of interviews but still like I, I think- don't know if I'd say though I fell in love with somebody that's why I don't work with them like right away when you right. have a better rapport sure maybe I would share that right exactly yeah I don't know yeah it was uncomfortable I agree and then we go back to Randall's house and he's in the bedroom with Beth and I think this scene they're just goals, you know, like Beth. Uh, and I love when she's like, she's like, no one understands what you do. I also think 
Beth is like the best support system. And I know I say this all the time and I'm going to keep saying it because she knows that Randall's having a mini midlife crisis. She's like, this early midlife crisis is so you, babe. I can't even stand it. And I think it's amazing because even though he's talking about how he wants to be a musician and he's going to learn and all of this stuff, she knows that he's completely crazy. But she's like, okay, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you're making fun of me. And she's like, no. <laughs> I also he's so wholesome. Her line too, where he's like, so what do I do, Beth? And she's like, you trade the weather, baby. You trade the weather. <laughs> I was like, and he's like, and what does that mean? She's like, I don't know, Randall. <laughs> Storm clouds for thunderbolts. Like, he's just like it's just like their relationship is so cute and like yeah yeah I want a Beth in my life yeah me too I want a Beth in my life too let's be each other's Beths okay great I'm in okay I'm gonna learn how to play an instrument (laughs) what do you say to that (laughs) you do you baby you do you (laughs) so Jack goes to Randall's school and he's telling Rebecca the plan which is, it also makes me upset because he talks about being in his cubicle and going home from his cubicle and repeating it. And I'm like, that's so depressing. And again, I think it's a generational thing. Right. I, I love the parallels though, between Jack and Randall, which we don't see as often. Like we see a lot of uh, Rebecca and Randall type of things but to see Jack and Randall things like I think it's rare but it's really powerful when it does happen and so I thought that was really cool because we we see how Jack really I think helped and I think Randall alludes to this when he talks about wanting to be a musician but Jack and his career really shaped Randall wanting to Jack Randall makes a point about how he loves going to the office with his dad and everything and then now Randall loves putting on a tie and going to the office every day so I just I love those parallels and I think that you see um Jack like wanting to go for his dreams and then you also see Randall like did Randall did go for his dreams so yeah it's special and you're right we don't see that as much Um, However, I think Randall has like the kind heartedness of his dad. So there are like, there are things that are Jack in Randall, but I think we see more Rebecca in him. Right. They're like closer, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And there, I think that there's just more moments where they were involved and we, we see later on, like there's a lot of moments with Kevin and Jack, Kevin and Jack have like a different bond. So yeah, I agree. And then we get to Kevin and this memorial service. And I, this is, is, I would just like to say, like, I feel like a lot of shows do this trope where people show up to funerals that are not, or funerals, memorial services, wakes, whatever you want to call them, where they don't know the person. Like how I met your father just recently did this too. But I mean, that shows a comedy. This is a drama, but um. I just think this is where I think I started realizing, hmm, not only do I not like Olivia, I think Olivia's crazy. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I just feel like this is, it's, I feel like it's rude, first of all. It's rude. I also think it's cruel. Like, you have no idea what Kevin's been through because you didn't ask. 
like if it was me and I think maybe it's just because I'm empathetic like if somebody was turning off their emotions in a play or whatever because they have to be feeling and like grieving and stuff I just think that I don't know a light bulb might go off in my head to be like what triggered this for this person um to make them this way exactly and I also feel bad and feel for um the deceased's wife that Kevin talks to and Olivia talks to Frank's wife because they like basically make up this lie and she's gonna go on with this memory of him that didn't even happen and I just think that's like you know I see my own family members collecting memories of our loved ones that have have passed and everything and it's just I think that this is icky Right. It's not even Kevin's fault either. And then she put him in this like awkward situation where it's like, do I say something and make this worse for her? Right. You know, I would like to say though, I loved when Kevin was um, like talking to this wife in the kitchen. It was beautiful. And I do think it's funny how grief comes in waves because she seemed so put together, you know, in front of everybody. And it is, grief is a weird thing because a jar of pickles could set you off. Like, and just, you're like down this path of like grieving for someone because of something weird like that, which really has nothing to do with that thing. It just happens. But like a jar of pickles could definitely do that to somebody. Yeah. So I also liked the part with Kevin talking to the, um, to Frank's wife, because I think that you see, again, it's like that charming Kevin thing. You know, you hate him because he's being awkward and he's like kind of going along with Olivia instead of like, he should have left as soon as he realized that this was a more moral, like he did drive himself. We talked about that last week. He did drive himself. He could have left in this situation. Yes, he could have left. But he didn't. So I feel like, I feel like I was like, Kevin, this is gross. Like, why are you just like letting this happen? But then he like just does the most charming thing. Yes. And I do think it was lovely how he was relating to her and they were talking about her son and Kevin does not reveal how old he was when Jack died, which I also thought was an interesting choice. And I don't know if that's because they didn't know when Jack was going to die writing this or because like they were just trying to keep the secret, which is great. But I thought, oh, go ahead. I'm pretty sure we'll find out in season one. I think Maybe. you too. Okay. I don't think the the thing happens okay. in season one, but I think we find out when he died okay. in season one. But yeah, it's Kevin relating to her and talking about those model planes, which then I felt bad for hating tiny, annoying Kevin. Because I was like, oh, okay, you have all these planes. Right. He just and grief to- makes you do weird things like throwing a bunch of stuff out too. And I'm sure Kevin does regret that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, speaking of things that Kevin has of Jack's, uh, necklace, necklace. I saw it. I wrote it down. Kevin, he even talks about it. So we officially know that Kevin has, and is wearing Jack's necklace now and doesn't take it off. So I feel like we can put that to rest now. We can put it to rest. Episode six. That's not so bad. No, episode six. That that's pretty good continuity. If you, if you ask me, so I agree. 
Next, I think, is that really brief montage of the kids when they're little where nothing is really happening, but we're back to Rebecca gets out of the shower and Kate, she asks Kate to pass her her shirt and she's like looking at the tags. And again, that's breaking my heart. Something that I did think about, though, on like a different level, I was like, does this hurt the child actors that play these kids? Like, does it damage them? in any that's way a really good, I was gonna say that's a really good question because honestly like for somebody like Chrissy Metz who has the emotional I think intelligence to understand like the gravity of her role and where she's like proud to be in this role because she's representing somebody that she's never been like seen on the punchline yeah right whereas like little Kate in these episodes like I don't think she has that emotional intelligence yet like she's she's got to be like they're supposed to be eight in this eight timeline so yeah. she's got to be around that age so I haven't thought about that before but now that you bring it up yeah I think about that a lot with them I also think about it for people who are even like our age who are the punchline in a show like how do you get that job and I think as another actor that would be horrifying to have to make a joke about someone it's just like I mean it's yeah like to make a joke about somebody and make them the punchline I would feel horrible about that and I just think does it bother the people who are the punchline right yeah that's a good point I never I'm not thought saying people shouldn't have a sense of humor guys I'm not like that I'm just asking the questions right right yeah, I never thought about that before, but that's a really good point that you brought up. Yeah. And then I think we see Yvette. I think uh, Jack yeah. is picking Randall up at Yvette's. I love Yvette. She is realness. Yvette is real. I love her. But I love that she basically called Jack out. And he, she was like, I'm your only Black friend. So that's why you're asking me this. And if you right. want me to tell you to hold your child back, I will not ask. Find another Black friend is what she says. Right. She says you only came to me for the black seal of approval is what she said. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true. And I think, I don't know as though that was Jack's intention. Not that I'm like trying to stand up for him, but I yeah. feel like sometimes like Jack, he was definitely struggling with what is the right decision here. Because as, as the summary alluded to, he's like struggling with um, like risking his own opportunities to and sacrificing that so that Randall can have more opportunities right um so he's kind of like struggling with that and I don't necessarily again I know that there's two thoughts that Jack is having right now like he might honestly be thinking in his mind I want to do this because I don't want Randall to be singled out but I think in the back of his mind he wants somebody to tell him it's okay to hold Randall back because right. he wants this big three homes project so yeah. bad. I, I didn't really think about it like that. I just assumed it was because of the Randall thing. But now that you're saying that, I mean, any normal human being. Right. When, it's like when you, it's when, for me, I, I equate this to when I really want to buy something and I'm like, should I spend the money? Shouldn't I spend the money? Like I always ask my mom, cause she'll always tell me to spend the money and just do it because that's just the type of person she is. Right. 
whereas I would never ask my dad because he would be like, oh, you should save your money. Like that's a silly right. thing to money on. You know the thing you want to do and the thing that's right, but you need somebody else to validate it for you. I need somebody else to validate it. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like Jack's like seeking that from somebody. Like he's somebody seeking- who's not Rebecca. Yeah. Right. He's seeking that validation to make sure that it's okay for him to go after his dreams instead of allowing his child to right. get ahead. I would like to say, I don't, I feel like Yvette and her kids drop off the face of the planet at some point in time, which is really unfortunate because I really like them. And her son will yeah. see him when he's a little bit older, I think. And I liked him too. So it's just unfortunate because I think Yvette's a cool character and I wish they would have like weaved them in some other way. Um, but they don't. Yeah. I, I don't remember how much we see of them, but it's only in the first couple seasons. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Um, and then we're at the career fair. Yes. I, and- <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> I, don't have a lot, I mean, I don't have a lot to say about this other than I, I giggled at Randall so hard and then Beth and Tess and Annie and William's reactions to Randall were even better and <laughs> again, um, Annie with the jokes. Annie is just, she's got the punchline every time. She does. She asks Beth, I thought daddy can't play the piano. <laughs> and, and Beth has to say, daddy cannot. <laughs> I also like when Beth was like, look away. <laughs> look away, yes. I just said, Poor Randall, I think, was already nervous. He's already coming unhinged. They put that firefighter mom before him, which I thought was funny. The whole setup of this, like, comedic timing is just, like, amazing. And I I do feel for Randall in this moment. I, as funny as it is and everything, like, I do feel for him because he just wants to... A, he wants to be cool. Like, he wants to be as cool as William... And so he's trying to make his career fair presentation as William to prove to his children that like he is, he's a cool dad and his job is cool and everything. I think he's cool. (laughs) I love him. So (laughs) I have a huge crush on him. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he also is like struggling with this as he mentions to Beth, like this idea that maybe he was destined for more. So like, it's, again, it's kind of like the Jack thing where there's like two sides to the story. Randall also has two sides to the story as well. And I think that's a normal thing to wonder. I'm sure if you, I mean, even as someone who's not adopted, if I found out like a great grandparent or something was, I don't know, a famous opera singer or something, I'd be like, did I have that untapped talent? Like, you know, um, so I just, I do think that's interesting. I also would like to say that Sterling K. Brown, I know as Randall, he was trying to act like he couldn't sing, but I would like to say he hit one note in there that was in tune. And I'm pretty sure the man can sing. Because I was like, mm, that note was too smooth. Did you look him. it up? No, I didn't look it up. I don't know why. Who am I? Okay. Faulty detective work. You usually look it up. I know I do. I know I do. I was like, is that a ridiculous thing to look up? But at this point, no. But yeah, I th- I think he can sing for real. Maybe stay tuned for episode seven where I confirm whether Sterling K. Brown can sing or not. He went to NYU. I feel like that takes a lot of talent. So maybe. I mean, but what if he, what if he, I mean, I guess he's an actor, but what if he like majored in something else at NYU? Maybe. 
Maybe. I don't know. We'll have yeah. to look it all up. We'll have to we'll have to find out. Learn more about his life. I so then we're back to Kevin and Olivia's like, why are you mad at me? And I'm like, shut up, Olivia. I hated the scene. I did too. And I was like, hmm, you are rude. You are rude. And you didn't think that maybe, maybe this man has past trauma, has grief that he's still looking, looking to, you know, come to terms with. And I feel like she, she like takes advantage of him. Like he's very vulnerable in this moment and he shares this past trauma with her. Like, I feel like, and I don't feel like this often, but I feel like Kevin was taken advantage of. He was taken advantage. I completely agree. I don't, I don't like it. I think it's icky. It is icky. I 100% agree with you. And then we're back to Kate. And she finally gets back to her um, employer's home. And she's just like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> and her employer's like, don't be. I can't even stand her. And then her employer's like, yes, partly I did hire you because you're fat. <laughs> right. I wanted to Which, ask. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I was going to ask, have you ever been picked for something not because of like your skills, but because you fit a different criteria? Yeah, I'm sure. I, I think. Yeah. 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 I, actually, I have an example. I do too. I was, I was in elementary school, like often paired with students that often got like picked on more because the teachers knew that I would be nice to them. Yes. I was, that was my example. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, I understand. And I think everybody should be kind and I get it, but also it's like a burden because it's like, what if I didn't want to be paired with this person? Because now it's holding me back. Exactly. And this has happened to me so many times in my life, which is why I was just curious if you, if this was like something that other people have gone through, because that's what this scene of with Kate reminded me of quite a bit. Yeah. Was just- I, yeah, I totally agree. And her skill set, the lady even says like, after I worked with you or before I worked with you, like your skill set was also great, but yes, right. but it wasn't the deciding factor. Yeah. Your situation has happened to me. Um, there was also another instance where I went to this gym, um, and I used to take this class called strong and the gym got taken over by like one of those meathead gyms, which I'm not all about. Like intimidation nation is basically what it should have been called. And the lady walked in and was like, oh, I want you to be in the pictures because then people will know that people that look like you can do this exercise too. I hate that. Yeah. I hated it too not for me like that kind of stuff I mean I think it stings everyone a little bit but not really like that doesn't bother me what bothers me is you can't say that like you said it to me and I don't get like that upset about that kind of stuff but you can't say those things to there are people whose feelings will really be hurt and it will tear them apart absolutely yeah so yeah yes that's That's not okay like and that's the thing is I think that you should pick people because of what they have to offer not because they fit a certain criteria yeah a mold right so then we're at work with jack and he's hanging out with randall i would like to say that i understand what jack was doing i feel like it's a little borderline like pushy and weird and like stage mommy like yeah i mean when he started yelling at him 
I was a little annoyed. <laughs> That's where I was like, wow, Jack is super obnoxious in this episode. He started it. He started off with like making a game out of it for yes. Randall, which I think was like a good approach. Yes. He should have stuck with the game aspect because, but Randall was just too freaking smart for him. He knew yeah. that it wasn't a game. I agree. He knew Jack was testing him. I also thought there was a lovely moment though, where Jack's like, I was trying to treat you all the same, but you're not all the same. You're adopted and we don't talk about that enough. And I was like, that's a really important conversation that you should be having because I think Jack's having an internal struggle with it anyway. And I think Randall has a struggle with it. Like again, identity crisis and also feeling inadequate now that he's an adult, like it needed talked about. Right. And we know, we know that Randall is struggling with it as a child too. I mean, we saw him at the pool with that notebook and like, who, where is he, where does he come from? And it's just something that the rest of the Pearsons, especially Rebecca, like does not want to talk about ever. And I think that Jack is the one that opens up these, these doors for Randall more than anything. And I, I love to think about like, if, Jack knew about William would he have allowed Randall to meet William I think he would have I do too because I, and I say this because later guys Randall takes karate and he takes karate at a black owned studio and that's really important to Jack because Jack wants him to see black men in in roles in as a role models like who aren't you know jack pearson who is his like jack understands the assignment i think yeah and i think that's why i think that's why rebecca keeps it from jack too maybe later on i know like early on she didn't really have an excuse but i think later on she keeps it from jack because she knows that jack would have done something about it yeah We have been really tough on Rebecca lately. <laughs> I there's just so many bad choices that are made. She but does that, redeem herself later. Isn't that these are big though? Yeah, but they're big oopses. It's not like some tiny thing. Right. You withhold held your son's biological father till and you knew about it since he was a baby. And you didn't tell him ever, and he would have gone his whole life thinking this guy was an awful person because you weren't planning on telling him. And then you kept it a secret once you knew he was there. And this man was like 36 years old. So sorry if I don't have a lot of sympathy. (laughs) Right, but like as a parent, and we're not parents, so I feel like it's hard for us to judge, but as a parent, like she just thought she was protecting him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I want my mom to watch this show because I want to know what she thinks because she's a mom. <laughs> maybe I'll ask my mom. Maybe I'll give her a hypothetical. Yeah, maybe I should do that too. If this was our situation, mom, what would you have done? <laughs> yeah. Good idea. Good idea. Okay. So then I think we are, we're back at Randall's post, post midlife crisis. I think William is so sweet in this scene. I also put that I think it's okay for people not to have the same passions. Like, I think it's okay that Randall loves his desk job and loves putting on a tie. I think that that's a beautiful thing. And I don't think anybody else in the house thought it was a problem. I think Randall was just feeling inadequate. Right. With the exception of Kevin who snored. 
Right. I also love this scene because I think that it shows us how great of a family Randall has built for himself because he brings up the fact that he's going to start taking piano lessons. And also, I think that it is so big of Randall to mention too that he doesn't think it's going to be healthy for William to teach him how to play piano like I think that was a really like important moment it and was. I'm like, maybe, maybe Randall Pearson I don't remember I think he goes to therapy later on but I don't think he's going at this point right no no well I think you know Randall's very self-aware though I think a lot of people with high anxiety and I'm saying this because I'm that way I get on my own nerves because I know what's happening Right. And I'm like, I could fix, I can fix this. That doesn't mean I shouldn't go to therapy, guys. It just means that I'm self-aware. Like, and that's, that is a hard way to be. Right. I just thought it was really big of him to understand that and like to, to like draw that boundary so that it, for the sake of their relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I love how he was like, there's going to be a recital. I hope that you can all make it. <laughs> I just, like, it is such like his family dynamic like it was just and I love that like I love that he feels comfortable telling his family about that and also just like yeah yeah, I thought it was I thought it was good and I loved it yeah I'm a lot like Randall in ways that I get very like hyper fixed on like certain things aka uh, this is us podcast where like it just becomes such a big part of my life yeah um until I like move on from it <laughs> yeah. you know it's just it's just how I am and I I put a lot of my attention into it so yeah. I'm that way till I'm not good at something like <laughs> piano I did it till I actually had to work at it and then I was like I don't think this is for me I was a I was guys I was also an adult like Randall when I took piano I was like 23 really yes I and... think piano is beautiful and I would like to learn it is beautiful. I can teach you the basics. I have a Disney princess. Um, I'm not but... sure it'll be healthy for a relationship. <laughs> Drawing that boundary. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Um, so then I think we're back at Kate and she has a heart to heart with Gemma. 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 Yeah. And I think that her saying out loud that her and Rebecca barely talk because of all these things that happened in her childhood is a huge step for Kate. Right. Well, and this is the very first time that we find out that Kate and Rebecca have a bad relationship because yeah. at this point in the, in the current day, present day, the only thing that we've seen of present day Rebecca is at Randall's house with Randall and William. Right. I totally yeah. forgot that she was like disappears for a yeah. little bit. Yeah. We haven't seen her yet at all for like quite a while. So, right. um, and then I think we're back at Kevin and I put puke forever, Olivia, because she's like, so I think what she did to him, which was sleeping with him, taking him to that wake, and sleeping with him at the wake and then she's like how does it feel to know that I'm your dead wife and that'll never happen again and to me that's like 50 shades of cray okay first of all and second of all it's so manipulative and like cuckoo for cocoa puffs I agree I don't remember thinking that of her when I watched this the first time but I forgot all of this happened I remembered the wake I remembered the wake, but I didn't remember them hooking up at all. So then mm -hmm. when that happened, I was like, wait, what? 
I do because it just keeps getting worse. And I remember thinking this was like red flag, red flag. I hated it. It was awful. It was an awful moment. She's not a good person. No, I can't stand her. I don't think Kevin is a great person either, but like, I don't think he's a bad person on purpose. (laughs) She seems like she's a bad person on purpose for her own gain. Right. Um, And then I think the last thing is we see Randall talking and he's like, my dad put on a tie because he had to. And we see that little montage of Jack and Randall with the tie and little Randall, like fixing it. He looks looks so happy. happy. I wrote, he like, looks like the happiest little baby. Like he's just so thrilled. Randall at that age is I think second most adorable kid on the show. Who's your first? Annie, always Annie. Oh my God. Yeah. Annie. I thought you were, I thought you meant like the other kids that were introduced to and I was like, I don't really like anyone that much. No. Maybe the one. Maybe the one. Annie, Annie is good. And I like little Kate sometimes but yeah, little Randall little less of the Kates yes but little Randall at in that at that age is just so cute He's all the so time. cute all the time oh so cute I love him so I think that's the end of the episode that is the end of the episode um what do you, so what, do you, what would you like to do first tissue tracker okay <laughs> I cried zero times this episode as I cried three times, (laughs) three times, just the one was tiny, but I did cry three times. Okay. The first one was when Kevin and the, the Frank's widow were in the kitchen. Okay. I got real choked up. The second time was when Kevin was in the bedroom trying to tell Olivia why he shuts off. Okay. I had a rough time with that. There were tears in my eyes. It wasn't full on bawling. And the third time, I know you're going to make fun of me for it. I don't care. But it's when Jack drops Randall off at school and he turns back to him and shakes his little tie. And Jack is like smiling and Randall's smiling. And I just lost it. (laughs) Look, she's like almost about to cry right now. Our viewers I lost it. It just gave me goosebumps because he's just so full of joy, like happy tears, not sad tears, but like yeah, I got real emotional at it because I was like, oh my god, this is so sweet. Yeah. Okay. I Jack was selfless. Like he gave up his his dream for this child, and then he taught him how to tie a tie. And yeah, I'm getting emotional now talking about it because you're crying now. But to be to be fair. I mean, I think that that's like often a parent dynamic. And like, I think that we sometimes take that for granted, but our parents do make sacrifices to- Absolutely. And I'm not saying we particularly, but children in general. Yeah, children in general. And I think, I mean, I think my parents made a lot of sacrifices for me. And not that I wasn't appreciative at the time, but I think now that I'm older even, and even though I don't have kids, I'm I'm so thankful for my parents, honestly, Um, just because- I, they didn't give up a lot of stuff for us. And, you know, not all parents do that either. Not all parents are great parents. Absolutely. Shout out to my parents as well, because again, yeah. same thing. I have a lot of gratitude towards what they've sacrificed for me. But. Yeah. Now I'm going to start crying again. Jeez. No, 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 no. <laughs> no tears. Okay. Um, least favorite and favorite moment of the episode. Anything that had to do with Olivia was my least favorite. Okay, and I would fair. say 
my favorite is definitely Randall and just the whole midlife crisis, but specifically when him and Beth are in the bedroom, I just think it's this perfect moment of just, Beth just loves him for who he is and he loves her, even though she's making fun of him. And I just think it's perfect. Yeah. My, mine were similar. Specifically, I did not like when Kevin and Olivia hooked up and then she told him like, imagine how that feels that it, like it was just icky the whole I'm like thing. making a face because it's the most manipulative gross I didn't like it at all I don't even want to talk about it gross anyway <laughs> moving on um my favorite was when Randall I just for some reason that line when Randall's like I have a piano recital coming up I hope that you can all attend like I just I and his family's like oh okay like <laughs> I, just I love, love it. Like, it's I just- also love Beth. Oh, that's what I meant to say. Beth and William's relationship. You can see it budding yes. in this episode because they make eyes at each other and they're like midlife crisis and they're laughing hysterically and not in a yes. mean way, just like together. Yes. I love the Pearson, the Randall Pearson family and company in yes. this moment. Like, it's just, it's cute and it's wholesome. Know. It is wholesome. It is wholesome. Yeah. All right. And do you have a, pop culture pick pow 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 that's gonna be the sound for it <laughs> it's it's really not <laughs> i just thought i thought i'd try something new um yes i do so hbo for all of you hboers out there you can get a week free of hbo too um but yeah sage did that but i'm going to recommend sex lives of college girls because it's relatable. It's funny. Mindy Kaling, who I love from The Office, wrote it. Um, and I just think it's really relatable and definitely the college experience. Also, I feel like the actors are an appropriate age because sometimes I think they cast people that are like 40 years old to be guys, to be college students. And I hate that. Um, right. But yeah, I just it's a really good show. It's wholesome. The episodes are only like 23 minutes long and I've watched it twice. So and a second season <laughs> is coming. I watched it all in like a weekend. It is, I second that recommendation. It was really good. Yeah. Um, my recommendation this week is going to be another podcast. Um, I'm going to recommend Sounds Like a Cult with Amanda Montel and Issa Medina because I kind of stumbled across it, but they take basically like everyday things that we all do and talk about how they're a little bit culty like the cult of Trader Joe's or the cult. <laughs> I'm in that <laughs> cult. <laughs> or the cult of theater kids. And they just also talk about cult. like, right, different aspects about Stop like coming for me. Everyday things that are like just slightly culty. Um, and it's really good. And it one of them good. is a is a book author and the other is a comedian. So it's really funny and I've been addicted to listening to it every week. So you have to listen. You keep giving me good recommendations. Pretty good. Yeah. So that's, I think that's all for us. That is it. Thank you for listening again. This has been us. On the This Too Much podcast. Bye. Bye everybody.